1: Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Juneton. We are joined by a massive Johnny Junta, officially unofficial guy. He's a superstar. We're going to call him a superstar. On the Toronto Blue Jays, it's my guy, Danny Jansen-Jano. How are you? Good, brother. Superstar, huh? Yeah, that's what we're going to call him and if people had a brain and they saw what you did at the end of the year last year, they'd call you a superstar. I mean, (laughs) I wanted to go into that for a second though, because obviously you're on the injured reserve. You see all the guys buzzing, the, the, the team's doing well, you come back and you just implement yourself into the lineup and you're just an everyday player. So, I mean, what did, were you like before that injury, were you just battling through the injury and playing with it? And then you were fully healthy when you were raking or what's the deal with that?
2: Uh, so I, don't, I mean it was weird man was the first and i never had a hamstring or like a muscle injury I i've had two knee surgeries and i've had uh two hand surgeries so i've always had like kind of that if i was injured but as far as a muscle like a hamstring i don't know that doesn't really happen much to catchers in general too i don't think you know because not we're not really fast so it's not like we're we're blowing hammies but um yeah it, it happened uh, the first time i got hurt when i was trying to go from second to third i don't know exactly how it happened and uh once I got up, I realized, man, this thing doesn't feel right. So I tried to, like, you know, walk or, or jog in the, in the dugout, and it was just—I was pissed, man, because I was just like, I just started, you know, seeing the ball a little better. Now this is in May, I think, yeah, when I got yeah. hurt the first time, and I was just starting to, you know, get some feel back, you know, get a little confidence. I was starting to swing it better, and, um, and then I got hurt, and then I was sitting there, you know, uh, boys were boys were, you know, buzzing all year, but um, it's tough, man, being on the being on the IL kind of feel like a ghost a little bit, you know, and everybody, you know, you want to get out of everybody's way. And you know that's just, that's just how it is guys got to prepare and you, and you want to do stuff, you know, during the game. And it's, it's tough, man. It's tough to see everybody playing and enjoying it. And, but, uh, all you can do is support them and try to worry about, you know, getting back. Um, and that's what happened. The second one, uh, was starting to get hot again. And then, uh, I, I rounded first base and that hamstring kind of, it kind of, you know, not blew out, but it, it, it pulled again. And then, that one was real tough. Cause I was just like, man, what did I do wrong? Yeah. The first, you know, and <laughs> so I was kind of dwelling on that for a while. But then once I, once I got, you know, over that, I was like, you know what, I can't control what happened. It's going to move on. And then I was in the cage when I, as soon as I got clear, I was in the cage kind of all the time, maybe too much, just hitting and trying to, you know, I want to get back and I want to, I want to just, you know, show that I can, I can play, you know, and I can, I can hit and you um, know it's kind of what happened.
1: Yeah. And, and, I obviously texted you immediately after the second injury. Cause I was obviously being a big Jano guy I was legitimately heartbroken. Cause I think that was like, you weren't even back for a week, right? It wasn't that long of a time, but when you got injured,
2: it was about two weeks. It was right two before weeks? the Austin break. Yeah, yeah dude, right it was
1: insane. Break. And then I see you – round. I believe you were rounding first corner second. This is in Buffalo, correct, if I, if I, if I remember? is Yeah. And you're rounding first corner to second, and you just kind of pull up on something. And it was a mash double, too. I was just like, man, this guy can't catch a fucking break. But, no, I, I mean, it's just crazy. And then going into the season, man, I mean, obviously – you guys are just playing everywhere you're playing in Dunedin Buffalo Toronto it's just an absolute insane thing and I want to ask you this because the media obviously overplays it saying I don't know how these guys do it living in three different cities all that kind of stuff do you is it as like hard as the media like makes it look or is it just like all right it's whatever like we're playing in Toronto now we're in Dunedin all that kind of stuff because I have no idea on this shit
2: yeah it was wild, man. You know, it was, if you look at the splits, obviously when we got to Toronto, it was, it was insane. Like what, what that did for us. Now I will say that playing in Dunedin and Buffalo, majority of the times it's away games always. Cause it's, there's Yankee fans everywhere. Red Sox fans, um, you know, especially in Dunedin, you know, especially with the borders being closed and not everybody coming down or people like Canadians coming down to watch us play and, you know, uh, and all that stuff, which, you know, obviously our main support. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the hard part. Yeah. Obviously like, you know, I live in Florida now. So the first month and a half, I was, you know, staying at home and yeah. the other guys that don't, it's, it's tough with, with all that, with finding different places to live. Now the team did a good job with helping us out and giving us options. Um, so that made it a lot easier. And then going to Buffalo, same thing. Everybody's got to get a, a lease. Uh, we're not even we don't know how, we don't, we don't even know what we're going to Toronto at this point. So it's like, how long do we get it for? What do we do? So you know, me and my wife are staying in a, like an extended stay, uh, hotel. And, um, yeah, so it's a lot of that. You know, it's a lot of, like, hotel pretty much the whole year kind of, especially, you know, for me – or except for me being at home for the first month and a half. But once we got to Toronto, man, it was detrimental what it did for us. Know, having everybody there is insane, man.
1: It's crazy, man. I think I went to, like, five of the first, like, 12 games. Like, I, I was just at all those games. It's just an electric atmosphere. And like I said, man – And you I showed mean, up in a suit. Yeah, I showed up in a suit. That was that was in August. When okay. The, yeah, and honestly, the suit's getting burned because that was the game that Robbie Ray got – I mean, you got hit or hit around against the Yankees. So I'm actually going to announce right now: I'm retiring the suit. I'm never wearing a suit to a baseball game again because some are saying that I actually ruined the Jays' chances of making the playoffs wearing that suit. So I'm not gonna. It's just the suits retired. The suits done. And dude, like playing back at the Rogers Center, it was like legitimate chills I got. I mean, it was just crazy to me to just kind of see baseball back again. I never thought it happened in 2021. So what was it like being a player again? And obviously last year you played all the whole season in Buffalo. And you're, yeah. you look around, you're like, the CN Tower's over there. I see actual Jays fans, not Yankees and Red Sox fans. I mean, what was oh, that man. first reaction you got?
2: It was so cool, man. It was just like, this is like home for us. You know, this is what we've missed for a year and a half. And, uh, you know, some of the guys like like Robbie Ray, right, who was with us last year playing only in Buffalo and then just played the month and a half in, in Toronto. It's like, it's like damn, dude, like this is what we missed. You know what I mean? Just yeah. being there in Toronto. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great getting there and uh, having all the support, seeing all the Blue Jay jerseys, just like, you know, uh, going outside and just being in that city of Toronto. I mean, it's just it – was, it was so um, – like, just a weight off the shoulders. Like, hey, we're back. All right, here we go. Now this is baseball again in a way, you know, and it's – you know, this is who we play for and, and they have the best fans in the world. So, definitely showed it.
1: And I, there's this one game that I wanted to bring up that was, in my opinion, the most electric atmosphere of all time. It was the game against Garrett Cole. Um, Bo Bichette hits two home runs. The stadium is maybe the loudest I've ever heard it. Honestly, like if there was only yeah. 15,000 people there, um, when you're playing kind of atmospheres like that, how hard is it for you to kind of just like chill? Because honestly, a guy like me, who's a mental midget, I would just, my brain would be <laughs> racing all that kind of stuff. How hard is it for guys like you who are physically actually on the field in these games to just relax and be like, man, I got to just tune this shit out. Cause I can't play in this
2: it's not too bad, man. You get, you get so used to it, right. You get used to playing uh, in front of a lot of fans and loud fans. Now we haven't had that in quite some time. And it was, t- you know, it took a couple a couple games just to kind of get your nerves under you, at least for me and speaking only on my behalf, but get the nerves off a little bit. Once, you know, we got back into the Rogers center, we have all those fans and being it so loud in the atmosphere, but also playing in like the meaningful games in September, all of September was meaningful games, you know? So it's definitely pressure moments always. So. Uh, yeah, you, you learn about the you, you take care of those nerves, and all you got to do is prepare. All I try to do is prepare as best I can for when these moments come, and uh, you know, this uh, and all, and all that's then it, it, it's easier, you know, just because you're prepared. So,
1: is Buffalo a launch pad, like people say it? I mean, because honestly, I got in a lot of fights on Twitter with people like discounting Vladdy's stats, and I was ready to just run through the <laughs> You're
2: backing them up, huh? yeah.
1: It's just, I, I'm not gonna get into it because it pissed me off, like just saying Vladdy's also playing in Buffalo, but his as away stats or you can make the case they're better. So yeah. w- is Buffalo as much of a launch pad? You're still hitting big league pitching, by the way, people. Right. You're still hitting big league pitching. So it's not like you're facing T-ball. So, I mean, what's, what's the difference there? Is it, is it like as much of a launch, pad as people say it is.
2: A lot of times the wind's going right to left and you know, a lot of times it's swirling too. So it definitely favors right-handed hitters pulling the ball, you know, hit the ball down the line. That thing was zoom out of there. And, yeah. you know, Vladdy's hitting balls over the net, which, you know, you can argue that he does, he would do that any, anywhere else, right? Like he has, he's hit mama home runs to left field, but um, you know, guys are still hitting the ball. Uh, like Tao and Vladdy hitting opposite field home runs. I thought it played, uh, like I said, definitely um, launching more to left field with that win. Cause it seemed to always go like right to left. Now Buffalo is always windy and it's kind of always hit or miss, but um, I would say so just left field a little bit.
1: Did you get like Triple A blue collared vibes playing down there again? I mean, it's electric. I love, it. I love collared vibes. It is the thing about just sending guys back to your roots, humbling the boys a little bit. Were you just like down there, like I'm back to where this all began, man? I'm, I'm back in Triple A grinding in Buffalo Salem Field. I mean, it was electric.
2: Yeah, a little bit, man. You know, playing there for a year total, uh, it, you know, had a little bit more comfort just playing in that, um, in that stadium and stuff. And they did a great job with fixing it up, with changing, um, you know, doing all the things with just around the field in general, but I think they had a brand new infield and all that stuff. And the locker room was way better than it was in 2020 even. So they did a great job of making it feel homey, you know, and and that's all they could do. So, um, but yeah, you know, a little bit, a little bit blue collar vibe being back in triple A's you know, almost it seems like, but um, at <laughs> end of the day, it's a big league baseball game. I had to get it done, you know?
1: Yeah. I feel like honestly, like some of the guys, it was hard to not get up for those games, but you go, you you play in like New York or you play in Boston and we're talking packed stadiums and you go all the way back to like Dunedin or Buffalo where there's maybe 5,000 people in the crowd. I mean, yeah. do you, were, did you see like, did you feel like some of those games, it's like you had to like force yourself to get into it. I'm not saying you were never into it, but you had to like force yourself to be like, listen, man, this is a big league ball game. no matter the, the atmosphere of the people that are here
2: uh compared to like toronto yeah a little bit you know when you you go into that stadium even during batting practice and stuff and they got fans around and it's it's you can just feel it's definitely a lot more electric and stuff but um everybody did a good job I and mean, i'm gonna speak on everybody's bad everybody did a good job of preparing for you know this is what we got to deal with and, and we're gonna you know i will say that i'm sure uh teams coming in didn't want to do it right like who wants to play in buffalo who wants to play at triple a stadium and, uh, you know, with the fans, you know, 5,000 fans where it's not that, you know, not that big of a crowd, but kind of have to embrace that, dude. And I think it's what we did. did that in 2020, for sure. I think our splits, you know, being at home in Buffalo were, were, were um, you know, detrimental and all to other places. But, yeah, you know, you just have to embrace it and, and you know, face the fact that that's all we can do right now. And, and you got to do your best to get prepared and, and treat it like any other game, right? So.
1: Yeah, it's just – the Buffalo games pissed me off, man. I mean, I, it, just for the fact that, I, like, someone will strike out, like, Bo or Vladi and just, like, cheers erupt out of uh, an alleged home game. What would you say was, like, what team, you, when you guys played, was the biggest, like, difference in fans where it was just full Yankee fans at a home game? Or I, I'm assuming it's the Yankees, right?
2: Yeah, probably Yankees. Yankees in Boston, I'd say, probably. Yeah. In Dunedin and in Buffalo, right? Because, you know, yeah. you're in New York, too. Um, but, yeah, Yankee fans are right everywhere, man.
1: I hate Yankee fans, scumbags of the earth. And we've had some funny stories on this podcast about Yankees fans, like, just throwing shit at players. Being a catcher and you warm up, like, the, the guys in the bullpen and all that kind of stuff, what are, like, what's, like, the worst fan base that gets in your ear? Like, fans that are chirping you for the whole the whole bullpen session.
2: Um, New York, definitely. I mean, it's always kind of funny stuff, man. I'm trying to think of some some things, but, like, Every time you know you got you're warming up in New York, um, there's fans right above you, right around you, and they're always saying stuff. You know what I mean, <laughs> trying to get under your skin and shit. Um, it, you know it adds to the game. It's obviously you know it's when it's uh, you know funny stuff, original things. It's always good. It's always kind of funny, and you know, everybody laughs about it and kind of talk about what, what they heard that was funny. But you know when you got stuff that's you know not not original and just kind of you know trash, then you know they hate that. But um, yeah, I'd say there probably.
1: <laughs> and one moment that actually gave me, like, legit chills, just being a big Jano guy, was when I was at that game 162 against the Orioles, you step out of the dugout to go warm up, I believe it was Ryu, and the stadium just fucking erupts when you're walking yeah, the bullpen. Do. Do, do you remember that moment? I do remember that, yeah. How crazy is that shit? I mean, obviously, especially the fact that you haven't played in Toronto in technically two years at that time, so was it just like, I mean, obviously, I, I, I was like, I kind of got chills even seeing that shit, so what was it like being the on the receiving end of it?
2: It was, uh, it was cool, man. It was, it was really nice. You know, it was, it was just a, a good feeling. It was a, you know, I was, I was grateful, I was, you know, kind of just uh, absorbed it as much as I can. Cause it's never like, you know, especially for me, I never really get like that huge round of applause like that. But I think just after like the fire finish and uh, you know, I think that's the reason why. And, uh, you know, I really embraced it. I thought it was cool. I definitely heard it, heard every bit of it. And uh, that, that was something that was sick.
1: One thing I don't think you realize is, man, I mean, you're one of the big dogs here, especially because you grinded that year when the Jays were struggling. I think you were here during Vladdy's debut, which was two – I'm assuming like three years ago. It was like Vladdy and Bo's debut when the Jays were – not the best team in baseball. I mean, so you you've seen it all, man. And a couple of guys that I want to talk about is one guy that you got the opportunity to catch that I don't think he's gonna to sign in Toronto, but we'll see is Robbie Ray. I mean, what's it like catching this guy? I was at the game he had, I think it was 15 punches. I mean, this guy's a freak of nature. <laughs> what was it like catching this dude? Because he was just put just handing out lawn chairs.
2: Yeah, man, it was, you know, uh, I think I don't know how many times I caught Robbie. I might've been like seven or so, you know, Kirk did a great job with him. Um, but with the times I did catch him, um, it's fun, man. It's, 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 especially going in like to his kind of game planning and talking about the preparation for the game. It's kind of like, just, he, he's just like, all right, we're just going to attack with fastballs and get ahead and then put them out with a slider or fastball away. Or we're going to attack fastball up in, and uh, it's not very complicated because it's just the setups was kind of more middle-ish, kind of, you know, shading in, shading out. Yeah. And just letting him grunt and throw that, throw that ball, you know. And, uh, you know, that's not taken away from anything. Robbie does do a great job preparing for his body and his mind. He does a great job. He always has a game plan. Um, but I think simplifying definitely helped him, you know, especially setting up because obviously one of his things was definitely walking before. And I uh, yeah. didn't really walk many guys this year at all. And he punched, punched out everybody. Um, so it's fun, man. He's coming at you. He's attacking. He's got, you know, obviously he's, he's got, uh, four pitches and obviously the fastball slider or his main you know, bread and butter, but he's sprinkling in some curveballs and changeups even. And, uh, nah, he just let the big dog eat, man. I let him go out there and be our workhorse.
1: It was absurd to see. And honestly, it, it gave me obviously, cause he's a lefty, but being a massive Jays guy it gave me like old Roy holiday vibes, man. I don't know if you obviously, you obviously probably you never got to see him pitch and all that kind of stuff in Toronto, yeah. but he was just dominant and Robbie Ray was an absolute <laughs> freak of nature. And just every time that guy went on the mound, it was like, it's the, the Jays are winning this game. It was just incredible, man. So yeah. did you reach out to him after we won the Cy Young? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh Try to get him to sign me a ball
2: before say <laughs> Cy Young, just in case, but he wouldn't. Cause Robbie's so humble. He's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, absolutely not. Um, Yeah. I talked to him, man. I obviously, you know, I didn't call him cause I knew he was going to be sworn with everything. I just shot him a text. You know, I said like, you know, Congratulations to you, well deserved. You know, just said love you, man, and uh, great job this season. And I was pumped for him, man. It's he deserves it. It's an awesome, dude. Great teammate, obviously dominant, and the adjustments he's made, um, it was incredible. So couldn't be happier for him.
1: And not to pump my own tires here, but I mean, <laughs> I, I wanted this guy on the pod before the Cy Young season. I ha- we had Jonathan India rookie of the year. He wins rookie of the year after coming yep. on the pod. Musgrove throws a Cy Young the month after, and then I I, I text Alex Young. Shout out Alex Young, AY on the Diamondbacks plays of the Indians now. And I said, I believe this was in February. I said we need Robbie Ray on the pod. Robbie Ray, obviously big leagues me. I'm not going to hold a grudge because he's, he's the king <laughs> and he just wins a Cy Young. I might be the greatest, the, the greatest talent evaluator maybe in the podcast game, but what is Robbie Ray? like, man, I mean, this guy, he's wearing cowboy hats except in the Cy Young. <laughs> I mean, what's this guy's deal? What is he, does he like off the field?
2: Uh, I was his locker mate, man. So I, you know, Robbie, me and Robbie got pretty close. He's um, super chill dude. You know, he's super chill, you know, he's a religious dude. And uh, he's an awesome, humble dude. And, um his family man and i really enjoyed it man i enjoyed me and robbie would always play some nhl uh in our hotel room and uh you know we'd have the toilet bowl match always just <laughs> just grinding it up but uh no i mean he's an ultra competitor but he's once he's not on the mound he's like i said he's one of the best teammates ever and he uh he's always he's always there to you know pump me up if you need it and um yeah he's just a solid dude man
1: I love him. I love him. Plain and simple. I'll let it slide. I even told Alex Young, I said, am I the greatest talent evaluator of all time? Because I mean, this that's guy crazy. Who's next,
2: man? Who, who you I know here we'll here? see. What's I mean,
1: we're, we're, we're trying, we're going to get you a silver slugger. We're going to get you on in spring training. I might, I might do spring. I might actually fly down and do some interviews in Toronto, but I don't know, in uh, Dunedin, but we'll see. I mean, the thing, the thing is about this year, man. And obviously be, like knowing you, knowing Nate, knowing Kev, knowing all these guys, this was, in my opinion, like one of the funnest years I think I've ever had being a Jays fan. And not even making the playoffs, obviously, is I, I think they should, you guys would have made it really far. But what was it like for you being on that team? I mean, you have three Silver Slugger winners on the team. Oh, you dude. have the second and third MVP guy. You have the Cy Young winner. It's one of the most absurd teams I've ever seen in my life. So Seriously, what was it like man. being a part of it?
2: I mean, this team's history, right? You got guys breaking records. You got all these things. It's just... It's an incredible team and it's tough that you have that good of a team. You don't make playoffs. Obviously four teams having 91 wins or more in one division is absurd. Um, But at the end of the day, man, like uh, obviously every game matters. And um, we got, we're probably the the best team in baseball the second half. We got hot, you know, stupid hot at the end, but um, you know, every every game matters. And uh, that was, that was wild. I remember after the last game, man, we beat Baltimore. Everybody's just kind of running inside to watch the TV and we saw that Washington Boston game. And I, because they show, surprised. they're obviously showing the scores on the scoreboard, as you know, outside yeah. in left field and right field. And so you see some of these games, it's like zero zero with Tampa, Tampa Bay and New York. And then it's like six to one Washington. It's just, yeah. it was, it was a, it was a, a wild emotional ride, you know, cause it's like, oh man, like here we go. And then it's just like, boom, it's, we're done.
1: Yep. No, and I got a funny story about that because so obviously I was at that game 162. I gave the famous miracle on ice speech. That uh, was posted on Instagram and Twitter. You were actually in the video, so I had to get your face in there somehow. <laughs> but, um, and I remember we're sitting and we stay there. like They announced stay in the stadium because we're going to put the game, the, the Red Sox Nationals game, and yeah. they put the game on the screen. I legitimately can't make this shit up. You were there. You saw it. Right when this fucking game gets turned on, literally the second, Devers hits the home run. Yeah, I was in the stadium. I threw in a rally dip. I was like, all right, I'm going to pack a dip here. I'm like, let's get a dub. And Devers hits a nuke. And like the whole stadium was just, dead silent we're like all right Did everybody
2: stay everybody stayed right yeah everybody
1: now. stayed dude it was crazy i've never seen anything 30 like 000 people in yeah, there it just was just 30 000 people watching a game on tv like it was a movie it was just crazy to me and i think vladdy was actually on the top step watching the game with like the crowd and stuff yeah. like that what was your guys reaction in the uh in the clubhouse when devers steps up and absolutely launches the deep center it was just i was heartbroken
2: yeah we were watching the man and it was just like shit me like everybody was just kind of like what can you do you know um obviously all we can do is just watch what happens and um yeah you know it, it definitely it definitely stunk man but uh yeah it's about it I mean it was just like I said an emotional ride because we're watching this game it's just like your fingers crossed and then obviously is outstanding outstanding talent man what a ball player and he just crushed the ball to center field and it's
1: just like damn bro dude it was I I honestly like I don't I don't think <laughs> I slept that night because I, I already bought tickets. I bought tickets to the wild card game just in hopes that it would happen. And obviously yeah. it didn't happen. But I couldn't even imagine what that stadium would, would be like uh, like uh, for the All-Star game. And humble brag, by the way. I actually was on Twitter, uh, on, a, on a Twitter chat with Josh Donaldson, humble brag. Actually, he's going he's gonna to be coming on the show. A little, little snippet there. We'll see. And he said that the Rogers Center Stadium is the loudest he's ever heard a stadium in his life. And being a guy like that, obviously, you, you see all these videos and all that kind of stuff. Is yeah. that something that guys in the room talk about? Even in the, like, in front of the 15,000, 30,000, did you guys ever, like, sit back and be like, man, this is insane how loud this shit is for how many little people's in here?
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it was, the 15,000, man, it sounded loud. It was louder than that. And then we got 30, and it was louder, too. And then there's been guys that, you know, especially, like, uh, I don't know about, Necessarily players anymore but um some of the staff that was here in like 15 and, and 16 and um we're having 50 something thousand in there couldn't even like hear each other talk from yeah. right next to each other that's how loud it was you know and that's like the thing where it's like we want to get back to that where we can't even hear each other talk like that's what we played for is those moments because that's going to be like you know obviously in playoffs and all this stuff and and uh but what we had man, at the end like obviously you know pushing to get the thirty thousand fans yeah, that was, that was awesome to see. That was so cool that it was allowed in and, and, uh, it was so damn loud in there and, and having like the last, um, you know, the last series like that and, and winning all those games. We did our part, man. We did our yeah, part. No,
1: you got, and obviously I'm a little bit biased, but I genuinely do think you guys like roll through in those playoffs, especially with the way that you guys were playing in the second half of the season. And even you, by the way, I might actually tag make the name of this, uh, episode um episode 123 with mr October I mean you hit 364 in the month of October and post all-star break you hit 323 is that good you tell me I mean you were just buzzing at that time so can we also kind of say that when the the energys the brightest the energy's the loudest the lights are the brightest jano shows up I mean that's just plain and simple what did you change like did you change anything in your swing or was it your approach like what did you obviously not to get like analytical or Mechanical here, but what was one thing that you changed that just turned you into literally Mister October for the second half of the season?
2: Um, it was it was both. It was it was physical and it was it was mental. I watching Marcus Simeon, and I watched this guy a lot. You know, in the in the uh, in the cages and the in the you know in the in the weight room and stuff. Just like the guy's a pro, pro takes care of his body, does routines every day. Um, and this guy hit like eighty percent of his balls to the left field. And like, you know, having the success that he did, um, I've always pulling the baseball has always been one of my strengths and, you know, it's not that I've ever shied away from my strengths. I wanted, I think I wanted to do, you know, uh, use the whole field to be more of a complete hitter, but watching this guy, you know, set the record for second baseman at home runs and silver slugger and, uh, just a professional, just kind of, obviously he works and hitting the ball the other way, but also pulling majority of the baseballs, um, I think that kind of helped me. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try that too because that's one of my strengths. I might as well try to master it, you know? And I think that um, being more aggressive on on that perhaps helps. And I hit an you know, opposite field home run, which I don't think I've never done before. <laughs> it, the, the, my last, the second to last game, I hit, I remember running the bases and I'm looking dug out like what the hell just happened, <laughs> you know. And uh so you know, obviously there's uh, there's something there when I'm trying to do trying to do damage, you know, I'm trying to do damage to left field and, and uh, you know, center field too, you know, but not like you know, really the right field, but hitting the home run to right, it's just like, all right, well, this is my approach, you know, and I'm gonna try to master it. So um, yeah, obviously, you know, it's I wish I would have figured it out a little, little earlier, but um, you know, I've always been a, a very Kind of guy where it's you know, i take everything, um, you know, don't take anything for granted and, and try to learn from all my mistakes and all the all the tough times, you know. So yeah, happy you no, it out.
1: It was uh it was cool to watch, man. Obviously, I was pumping your tires like I do to all the guys on the show. I mean, it was especially it was cool to see you do it when the like the lights were shining the bright, especially when like literally all the Jays games, everyone is dialed in and around Canada. It's just crazy to me. And what was um what was the what was it like playing with Simeon because obviously I mean the guy the guy's insane I mean I, I want yeah. I would literally give him 500 million if I could what was it like playing with this guy man I mean just seeing what this guy do, does in the field gold Glover is that good and then he's <laughs> like 43 nukes or whatever 42 nukes it's just in, insane what this guy did
2: yeah he's uh he's a pro man and not only me but a lot of guys you know, learn from him offensively defensively um, he's a leader and, uh, you know, obviously, um, the guy's super, super good. And, um, no, he's just, it he was, it was awesome to have around, man. And, uh, you know, uh, learned a lot from him personally. And, and I know a lot of other guys did too. And, uh, like I say, he's a hell of a player, hell of a, hell of a teammate, hell of a leader. And, uh, just stud, man. So I'm grateful for my time with him. Hopefully, you know, if we can, uh, you know, do it again, but, uh, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be real tough. And I'm just fired up that you guys, uh, Got back Barrios for seven years. I mean, I'm gonna oh, yeah. I didn't really take it in. I'm gonna be 31 years old watching this guy pitch at Rogerson. Okay? Like <laughs> what an honor this is gonna be. What's it like catching this guy? Because defensively he's a freak. He looks like Derek Jeter on the mound when he's fielding ground balls, and then he just absolutely carves. I mean, this was one of the biggest pickups from recent memory for the Toronto Blue Jays. I was just lit sure. up to see it. I mean, what's it like getting this guy in the clubhouse? Obviously, his English isn't there, but he's just such a presence. The way that he approaches his starts, like, and he's so electrifying on the mound.
2: Yeah, he brings energy, man. He's always got energy. You know, he's always even when he's not pitching. Especially, he's got energy in the dugout, um, in the locker room, and uh, yeah, he's 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 sick. When he came over, I know he's an ace. Got ace stuff, ace shit, and and he's um, he's got that 96 sinker. Throws into righties really well, and then he makes that slider even better. And his slider is obviously one of the nastiest pitches in baseball, right? He's got a change he commands, and uh, he started elevating too on some guys. You know, you have just a four seam straight up, and uh, he throws hard, and he's got good stuff, and he's just a pro as well. And he likes to – obviously, you want to, you want to give that guy the ball in, in big situations as well
1: yeah oh my god i'm so fired up and and then you have manoa also who my opinion got snubbed for at least some rookie of the year votes i think the guy finished in seventh like what are we doing here i mean it was insane i mean so and manoa too i mean another addition that you guys got just from in-house that's just an absolute freak of nature i mean obviously he so many big big starts that he had what's it like catching that guy because he's like, he's just a wild card on the mound. Obviously you saw some of the times, uh, the Oakland athletics kind of beef or whatever the ball gets away from him once in a while, but yeah. what's it like catching someone that's so, I mean, he's just, he's a wild card. He's electric.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's funny, man. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, what a pleasant surprise. He was man. Like, cause obviously I didn't play with him at all. Um, you hear about him and stuff like that. He didn't have many, many innings at all in the minor leagues, especially after, you know, the 2020 season and all that. Um, but having him come up and just like his presence of of no fear, you know, and then that's just kind of he rides that out. That's just who he is, you know. It's it's not even an act. Like he's just he's gonna go out there. He's gonna he's gonna pitch with his balls, you know. Yeah. And he's just gonna go at guys, and he's gonna he's not afraid, you know. And and um, you know, there's some times where you know, obviously he's he's got some stuff to learn with, you know, when he wants to, you know, especially attack guys in certain spots, you know. Um, or maybe go against the scouting report a little bit because he's got a feeling, and he'll definitely learn when the good places to do that is, good times. But man, he was a stud, and, and like I said, a little bit of a wild card on the mound for sure. But the energy that he brings is incredible, man. man he's he's a great teammate as well, but uh, he's always got your back. And and uh, no man, he's he's awesome.
1: And one thing that I texted you about also, um, and during the season was when you went out for dinner with Ryu. Did you yeah. realize how big he is in that community? like, I believe he's Korean, right? Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. He's Korean. Yeah. Did you, re- do you like, cause obviously you you were posting these videos of him just getting absolutely swarmed. Like he's the he's second coming of God. But yeah. I mean, did, did you realize how big he was in that community until like that moment or did that moment like make you think like, or realize like this guy's a legit God and like this is the Korean community.
2: I had just heard until I saw it in Baltimore when we did that. And I had just heard about it and it was pretty much what I've heard about. It's like this dude walked <laughs> in. We all walked in and we go upstairs at this place and like people are like, t- like tapping him he's like like pointing and like people's faces <laughs> are getting red and stuff like they just you know what I mean like they seen a ghost, man and yeah and uh but but yeah, it's just that's just what it is. Like you know, Bron James of Korea, you yeah. know, he's just such a high profile there and and it's uh going into like, you know, the little Korea towns just like the just a Korean restaurant, you like everybody knows who he is. You see that people are taking pictures. Um, people are, are waiting outside, like you saw, I'm sure, videos waiting yeah. outside for him to take photos. And we were out there for like a half an hour, I feel like, taking, like, just, you know, having to take photos. And, and it, was, it was cool to see that, see that, you know, part of his culture like that. And it uh, was super eye opening. It was
0: just wild. The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babel. That's sixty percent off at Babbel.com slash blue slash bluewire. Spelled b a b b e l dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: With things opening up, did you kind of did like did you catch yourself getting especially with how popular the Jays were? Do you get noticed like a pretty good amount? Obviously, because you're, you're 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 the guy wearing glass on the team. You're the catcher. You're always on the TV. So, did you catch yourself being noticed a little bit more than? in recent memory or was it just like people were more chill about it
2: um a couple of times you know i got noticed a few times i didn't live too far from the stadium and we always kind of went you my wife went to this um this little restaurant quite a bit and you know i think that that was majority of people real you know recognized me was at that restaurant right there and uh you know it's it's cool it's cool to see that you know it is cool to see the support and uh, sometimes I'll walk in, you know, I walk in my dogs around always uh, to the stadium from the stadium or just kind of out and about. And you see some people say like good game tonight and all that stuff. So it's always, it's always much love, man. It's always fun.
1: Yeah. That's what I noticed. Like the Toronto people are a little bit more, obviously there's autograph seekers and the people that I just despise, AKA foul ball guy, but you have the guys <laughs> like that, that are just, at least they respect your privacy and all that kind of shit. So it's definitely good to see. Yeah. What do you think it's like for, I mean, because obviously you play with a superstar, future MVP, my MVP this year, Vladi. What, what's it like, the, the reception that this guy gets when he's outside of the stadium? I mean, obviously you see it when you guys are coming off the bus. Is it just like, because we talk about it with first rounders that teammates feel bad that they, like, these guys get absolutely swarmed. They don't really have yeah. any days, obviously. So easily recognizable. What's the reception like that Vladi gets outside of the stadium just when your guys are coming off the bus or just in the airport? What, what's it like?
2: It's 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 what you expect, really, you know, and it's um, people obviously recognize them, especially being in, you know, in Toronto and stuff like that. And, you know, one time I walk with uh, I walk with Bo to the, to the stadium and uh, I remember Bo kind of got swarmed and I just you know, scooted right behind him. And <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like it, it's not like I was going to get swarmed, you know what I mean? And I like, a couple of guys asked me for like, autographs and stuff and then I was like, right, so, yeah, I'll catch you later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just yeah. absolutely. Wow. That's electric.
2: Yes, I I have no idea what like what it's like for that, but obviously I've seen it um quite a bit and stuff like that, and they do get sworn, but you know I think the people you know uh, people in Toronto and stuff definitely like you kind of said a little bit more. Uh, i don't know chiller respect your privacy a little bit yeah more, i mean
1: yeah i'll let it slide you and i didn't do a jersey swap i mean the jersey swaps were an absolute hit this year on the official official yeah, we'll, do yeah. we'll do we'll, we'll do, do a jersey swap. i'll figure out a jersey swap no but i mean it's it's so fucking electric to see you guys back man i mean and obviously next year you guys kind of have that going into spring training knock on wood that you guys are going to be playing in toronto so how yeah do you have a place here or where you just like renting like an airbnb or something like that because i know i know that's airbnb. what kevin was doing yeah
2: Okay. Airbnb. Yep. Yeah. And we, we, we've, uh, cause we didn't play in 20, 20, 20 so 19. And, and uh, a little bit when I debuted in 18, 19 and, and 21, it was pretty much all in the same area. So I, I haven't really like stayed um, in other parts of, of Toronto, just kind of in the same area. So maybe, uh, maybe this upcoming season we'll try another place out. I don't
1: know. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I mean, obviously you're going to be there for longer now. So that's just absolutely electric. And I want to talk about a guy that I call thick Jesus, on the Toronto Blue Jays, Alejandro yeah. Kirk, this yeah. guy is electric. I mean, you want to talk yeah. about the guy, the he, legend already. He, he's already a legend in Toronto. I mean, everyone here loves this dude. What's it like playing with him? Because he just looks like a ball of energy. You just like, you could just grab him, hug him. He's just the most electric dude of all time. What's it like playing with a guy that looks like that, but just absolutely mashes and is athletic as fuck.
2: Yeah. It's, it's uh you know, Kirk's, he's sick, man. He's, He's a quiet, dude, right? But yeah. um uh I, th- I think once he got more comfortable, especially, you know, into this year and stuff, um, definitely opens up more and stuff. But he's learned a lot and he's improved a lot, especially you know, defensively. He's always yeah. raked and uh he's gonna always continue to improve with that aspect of it. But obviously I work with Kirk in, in spring training and uh I think he might be coming down a little bit in the offseason and all that stuff in the off season prior. But um, we always work together doing drills and stuff and just kind of keeping, you know, because it's kind of just uh upkeeping our our stuff you know on defense and he's made a lot of improvements man and he did a hell of a job did a hell of a job with Robbie did a hell of a job behind the plate in general um a lot of improvements so it's fun man I know he's a legend already and the kid rakes, and and uh it's awesome to see
1: and go and I mean we're talking about just being good defensively and this year I think your defensive stats were if like the best they've been or if not just par with what you've always done is that being injured and stuff like that and having to get thrown into the mix, especially you're catching guys like Robbie Ray and Manoa and all, and Barrios and all these guys, how hard is it to make that adjustment when you're off in injury? Like, I mean, you're on the IR. How hard yeah. is it to like adjust back into that kind of shit, man? Because it's, you're not just catching these like scrubs. You're catching legit major league pitching, arguably the best pitching staff in the second half of the season. So when yeah. you're coming off the IR, I mean, how hard was that for you to be like, all right, like I'm in game mode now? Because obviously you can't mimic it anywhere else, right?
2: Yeah, you can't. You can't. And I did a lot of stuff even, you know, even when I was still feeling like some pain and stuff in the hamstring when I was coming back, uh, like right after the injury. Obviously, I it some days and stuff, but I could just be on my knees or sit on a chair and catch. So I know, like I did a lot of stuff with Nevin Ashley, you know, one of our bullpen catchers and the catching guy and Schneider um, with trying to just not lose a step. Because it's easy to lose a step and offensively, defensively, but especially being a catcher, um, I didn't want to. You know, I, I wanted to just to improve when I got back. And it's been, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty hard on myself, and and I've always, I probably always will be. And I, I, uh, I was my stats and my numbers. I think were definitely down. It definitely improved in the second half, though. I yeah. think you know, I think we worked on some different things receiving wise, um, that really helped me. And I think that was one thing that was down for sure, just my overall receiving. So. I'm um, just trying to get a feel of that and try to, I want to be elite, obviously, you know, and I want to win gold gloves and all these things. So, you know, I'm going to try to push myself to do so.
1: You win a gold glove. Uh, like this is a little bit of an incentive for you. You win a gold glove. I'll get a Danny Jansen autograph tattooed on me. That's, that's what I do. I'm a big, I'm a big channel guy. I will. Uh, and you I, will. Dude, I have the Toronto skyline to tattooed on my chest. You could, I guess you could pick where it can't be the face, but it could be anywhere you want. I'll get the Danny Jansen tattoo signature on me. Put it on the books. Put it on the record. I'll do it because, and obviously, I'm making my bet here because it's coming. I mean, you're you're just absurd behind the dish. So, I mean, I'm just dialed in here. I'm ready. Does to this it. have an expiration date? Or no, is no this like date. This expiration year date. Right expiration date 2040. When we start our own podcast called Morale Guys, <laughs> me and you. That's when we'll figure something out when you're retired. Yeah, Dude, got a job in 2040. So, some of these cat, some of these blocks you make behind the plate are just in like. Do you ever make a block and you're just in your head like I don't know how the fuck I just got that shit because yeah, some of the blocks of you make it's <laughs> you look like a goalie man it's insane
2: yeah it's it's one of the it's one of my favorite things about it honestly and I don't know if that makes me crazy or um I don't know I just love I love the fact that you can like block a ball and make a such a difference it's like from a guy going first to second you can like block a ball and and uh, it's just like you know you it's just a, it's just a cool thing, man. It's just, you block it. Something that hits you off your neck and it's just like choking, but everybody's like, yeah, that boy. And you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, it's cool that you have the ability to do so much behind the plate, you know, and, and really help a team win. You can be over like I've done before over 30 hitting, you know, and all that stuff, but you can still make a difference behind the game. That's my favorite part about catching and, uh, you know, blocking. Um, I'm just a huge advocate of, of uh, you know, every, every ball in the dirt kind of matters, you know, so
1: yeah i mean and, be- and because you're a good guy i mean i've kept tabs on people that have let's just say try to be danny J- danny jansen haters i've kept tabs on the twitter i got it all saved in my notepad here and at that second half of the year i was ready to just absolutely put guys in body bags <laughs> on twitter i was just well, going on my back <laughs> that's why i'm a i'm a jano guy like i said and you uh, you shut a lot of people up that second half man i mean as mr october obviously like i said so being in that lineup and seeing everyone elevated you got guriel who's just launching yeah. nukes to tie that that oakland athletics game which we'll talk about and you got oh. Semyon, you got tay Oscar, you got i mean it's just a freak of a lineup did you kind of catch yourself being like man like i gotta fucking do this shit or does it elevate your game just playing in a lineup like that because obviously every yeah. spot on the lineup when you were in it every spot on the lineup was just buzzing so it was just yeah unbelievable to see
2: well, it's contagious, man. It, it definitely is, and it's like the team's buzzing, and then everybody's buzzing, and the boys got confidence, and that lineup is is obviously scary. Um, I'm gonna put up some numbers and some runs, so it's contagious, and uh, I definitely think that that's that elevates you. That elevated me for sure, being in that lineup. You know, being that caboose and turning that shit over. That's yeah. you know what I mean. Like I want to turn that
1: the caboose that over.
2: I got moved up. I got moved up to eighth or seventh one time. I'm like damn, dude, I kind of missed ninth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I might make t-shirts I, and I, I'm doing it right now so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a t-shirt called the caboose and it's going to be a picture of you over like Thomas the tank engine or some shit and we'll, <laughs> I, I don't even know what a caboose is we'll figure something out I, I'm going to send it over to you for Christmas it's going to be it's going to say the caboose which you, with your face over some uh, over caboose so we'll figure something out i could be wrong well, on it. i don't even know what a caboose is but we'll figure something out and like i like the back of the train man <laughs> all right we're gonna put a picture of your face on the back of a train it's gonna say the caboose in black and white i don't yeah, know what it is yeah, we'll yeah. figure something out. someone's punching their uh, radio right now because they're just they know what it is but it's fine and i we have to go to that oakland athletics game i was there in attendance a lot i i think you guys only lost two games and i went to like 15 with me in attendance so i might be the good luck guy but we have to talk about that game when you guys came back down eight I mean, that was, was that the craziest game you've ever been a part of or ever witnessed? I mean, it was idiotic.
2: Yeah, that was, uh, I was thinking about it. And do you remember in 2019, I'm sorry, 2018. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but we, we went on a walk off. It was in September. I think, um, it was a, against the Rays. We, it was like a eight run ninth inning or something like that. Justin smoke at the walk-off home run off Sergio Romo. And, uh, it was it was crazy because it was like a bunch of these rookies like i had a three-run homer um dwight smith hit like a triple and somebody else hit a homer and, and it was like jonathan davis got hit and then we kept passing on we tied it up i think guriel might have hit a homer and then smoke the veteran hits the hits the, the walk off homer on one pitch and it was just like for a lot of us you know our rookie year and stuff it was just that was for sure like the coolest game um but then this one against oakland obviously it was just a crucial series and and uh <laughs> that game was crazy man it Talk about like not being able to go to sleep for hours that night. Just (laughs) just bodies, just wide awake, watching videos of it and stuff. It's cool, man. What'd you play for? Moments like that.
1: I couldn't believe it. And funny story. So when you guys go down 8-1 or 8-2, I believe it was something like that. My buddy Grant leaves the game. He's like, I can't watch anymore. Like this is hurting my brain. And I'm like, I'm there with my girlfriend. I'm like, we're not leaving this shit. Like we're not leaving this shit at all. And then Simeon launches that ball to I yeah to win the game against his old team too. Dude, it's like you can't you can't even script that type of shit, man. I mean, and that was, I believe, the day after or the day. I think that was the game that Manoa got in that fight, right? Was that when, yeah, uh, he, when, he, hit,
2: when he hit Marte? Yeah, he hit Marte.
1: Right. How close were you guys to actually fighting there? Because Marte looked like he wanted to murder someone. I mean, what, what, what's kind of said in those kind of arguments?
2: Um yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just, like, it's tension. I mean, nobody's ever trying to hit somebody in the head. You yeah, know? obviously. Trying to hit him in general, I, I, that's and
1: what pissed me off, yeah.
2: Well, he's, he's you know, he's hit some people. He's not afraid he's going to go inside and some balls get away from him like that. So, you know, we're just hopeful that everybody's understanding that he's not trying to hurt him, not trying to hit him in the head, he's not trying to hit him in general. And, um, you know, obviously, him being a rookie and stuff like that, he's going to learn, you know, uh, like how he takes it and, and how he, you know, especially mentally about when stuff like that happens, how to, to move on from it right and uh try to set yourself in the best position after something like that happens when you hit somebody um so yeah it's it's definitely a uh you know it's a it's a weird thing when stuff like that happens and tensions get high but it's baseball at times but it's not not like you try to hit them or something like that you know
1: what type of guy do you and i obviously i'm the one that's the first man and even if it's a suck bomb what type of guy do you think you are in a bench clearing brawl are you the hold back guy Are you the, I'm going to start throwing some bows if they throw some bows. I'm
2: I'm not going to be, you know, charging in. I mean, like, (laughs) listen, I haven't even been a part of a a really like an all out bench clearing brawl, like, you know, where it's just a a mosh pit. Um, I want to say that I'm not going to be the the first guy, like, like, you know, spearing somebody or something like that. But obviously, you know, if I'm catching and and something like that happens, like I'm going to do my best to get in front and, and protect my guy. Um, and that's going to be said, you know, just in a team thing in general. I'm just going to try to probably hold back, and if I don't know, but you know what? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm I, the I first man know. in. I'm first man in. Ask questions later. That's just the Canadian. Mentality. <laughs> that's you, huh? That's the Canadian. Have you mentality. been in one before? I have never been in a bench cleaning brawl, but I am 0-3 in bar fights. So that I mean, obviously, I'm due. Statistically, I'm due for 0-3 a in bar fights. 0-3. I'm 0-3, but statistically, I'm due for a dub sooner than later. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I I got I want to go into I want to go into off <laughs> to topic for a second here because I saw you in Pittsburgh. You're at the Steelers versus bears game. Is that correct? Steelers versus bears or yeah. Yeah, one yeah. of the worst games I've ever watched. I mean, until the end, actually it started getting dialed in. What is your thoughts on Justin Fields, man? Are you all in on Justin Fields or is it like, I mean, Andy Dalton looked really good yesterday. So uh, where, yeah. where, where are you at?
2: I like Justin Fields. I think that it's uh, he's obviously like a super athletic quarterback. Uh, he's got a lot to learn. Um, And you know what? I think it's just exciting for Bears fans. I think everybody, whole fan base is obviously, you know, Andy Dalton did did well. The Red Rifle did well uh, yesterday's game and all. But, you know, I think we look towards the future. I think Justin Fields is it. And I think that it's obviously a huge learning curve. You look at all the other rookies kind of too that are, you know, having some having some troubles as well. And but, uh, you know, it's hopeful for sure.
1: And you got to think, like, I mean, he's doing that, and with not a great O line, he's doing that with Matt Nagy yeah. on the realm calling plays. Right. I mean, are, are you are you a fire Matt Nagy guy? Obviously, we don't talk about another man's job, but you're this is put your athleticism behind this. Be as a as a Bears fan, do you? I mean, Matt Nagy, if they lose Thursday against the Lions when this episode drops, I, he but he has to be gone, right? I mean, that just can't happen.
2: I think that you know, I think that you can definitely see that a lot of people want him fired right but uh i don't really have that much of an input on it um you know
1: this is a big week this is a big week for me and you man i mean you it got is the lines. well for me it's a big week because i'm university of michigan fan i mean it's ohio state week so i mean that's, i'm just dialed that's, in that's the game that's, that's the game the, on that's saturday that's right? the game i mean that's the game of my life one of the biggest michigan games and michigan fan of all time for me i'm fired up for it are you a college football guy or you're just strictly nfl i'm
2: not I've been to a, If I were to pick a team, be Wisconsin, but I've been to like one or two games, but that's it. I'm yeah. More of an NFL guy. I'm a fantasy guy. That's what fantasy I am.
1: Guy. How's your fan? Honestly, I'm in. I'm in four fantasy leagues. I'm. I think I have a winning record in one. I'm in four or two. Yeah. I'm. Are you
2: with? Yeah. The- I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, bro. <laughs> I,
1: I and one of the leagues league I'm, that I'm actually one and nine in. And-, and one of the leagues I'm in with Nick Kingham, um, I'm actually projected to come in last place, which means that I'm gonna have to golf and dress. So I'm just gonna to try to get ahead of this as soon, soon as possible. I will be golfing in a dress come January. I'm assuming, I don't know when it, when whatever I'm down in Vegas, but yeah, I just <laughs> do you have, like do you guys have last place punishments for your leagues?
2: Um, I know that I think we have to like buy a jersey of somebody's uh the winner's um, choice. You know, okay. nothing like nothing crazier or, or golfing in a dress or anything like that but yeah shit if that was the case i'd be doing some shit for three leagues because I, <laughs> I, i'm the caboose in three of them but uh you know the one there's another one that that i'm 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 like middle of the pack, so yeah, that's I, like all I, my attention. As you know, probably all your attention goes to that one, where yeah, like the I, winning one. I think
1: I'm actually, I think I'm five and five. I don't remember. I'm five hundred of one of the leagues. I don't remember specifically, but yeah, I've just been absolutely struggling. It just it's been a tough bounce. And and then the second last thing I want to talk about here is obviously going into this off season, the Jays are just. I mean, they're tight. Te- they're actually you guys are going for it. I mean, you guys signed Barrios. You backed up yep. the Brinks truck for him. You backed up the Brinks truck for Ryu. I mean, what's, what's it like being a guy on the team, seeing that your team is like Shapiro's going right. for this shit, man. Yeah. I mean, what's it like being, what's it like being on that team and just, I mean, obviously we're so far from spring training, I hate to see it, but what's it like seeing these moves happen and be like, all right, we're it's now it's playoffs or nothing here. We're going for this shit.
2: That's, that's what it, it's exactly what it feels like, you know, and that's, that's, that's sick. That's what we want. You know, it's, um, especially after last season, um, it's like, man, like that, we're this close, you know? So that's, we're going to continue to go for because we got the talent for sure. We got the core and, uh, and I just got to get, you know, some, some of the free agents to, to piece it all together. And, um, yeah, it's exciting to always see those moves, you know, it really is. And, uh, right, right. I'm you know, excited to see what happens, who we get and what happens. And
1: I don't know if you saw this, but I tweeted it. I'm just, I'm just trying to mentally, I don't care. have
2: Twitter anymore. I don't know if you know that.
1: No, I know. You're off Twitter. I, I, I yeah, you so never have Twitter.
2: You never. had, I had Twitter. Twitter. I had Twitter in like nineteen or something like that. Yeah. No. Maybe. No.
1: No. We when we had you on, you didn't have Twitter. And credit to you. I didn't God. have Twitter. No, you didn't have Twitter. Yeah. I know. In twenty. Sorry. Did I say you did? No.
2: No. no yeah. We're good. Yeah. I said yeah. You, you yeah. Did. You didn't, didn't have Twitter the last
1: time we had you on. So credit to Adam Jones for actually retweeting the clip of you guys being roommates, which is actually was an electric clip. Credit to, credit to us. But, yeah. um, on on Twitter and. I'm just mentally preparing for this. I don't think Robbie Ray is coming back. Let's just say it because he said he's enjoying free agency, which I don't yeah. even know what that means. What does that even mean? What does I uh, okay. enjoy free
2: agency even mean? I yeah, he's be talking, talking like... to every single team. I don't
1: know. It's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's cool. I mean, that's just electric. By the way, to just be honestly wanted by every single team. Are you in arbitration soon, or is that just already way long gone?
2: This this year, first year arbitration for me. Oh,
1: okay. I mean, I, I need some. Ba- Maybe off the record, we can get some. I can get some stories about what it's like because. I've heard from guys; it's pretty much just a roast session. Is that what it is, realistically?
2: That's yeah. I think. I mean, obviously, you know, I think that it, it can definitely get you know kind of like bloody in that in that way, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out firsthand, won't we?
1: Are you going to be in it? And, and listen, I'm I'm an yeah. advocate for a guy not being a part of it, just letting your agent deal with it, because I wouldn't want to hear this shit. Like that's just like openly letting you just get absolutely torched, and even the best guys get torched. And
2: yeah. rarely,
1: guys, want arbitration, right?
2: Yeah, I'm going to be in it
1: for sure. You're going to be in it. I'm fired up to yep. see that. I'm. I. Yeah. Just bring. I'm actually going to make stats for you because I've actually brought it. Like I said, Mister October, uh, post All Star break legend. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to make stats. I mean, you're a you're a 333 hitter last year in the second and third inning, in the in the sixth inning, you're hitting 381. Ah, you went deep, huh? No, I mean we're but. Jano. I'm a Jano guy, man. With the bases with the bases loaded, you're hitting 333. Is that good? Is that good? I mean, we're just. I, I'm gonna make a whole folder for you and your agency. I, I It's I S C right your Agency. I got you yep. guys. I got you guys. We're, we're gonna put Shapiro <laughs> in a we're gonna put Shapiro in a blender. But I mean, go, okay. So let's go into this. Going into next year. Last question. We always we asked you. Actually, we asked you like when last time we had you on, what your what your goals are, and you said you were trying to improve on your hitting cha you did you hit above your average more home runs more double i mean just you're getting on base more all right so what would you say is your goal going into next year is it still hitting or is it just like like you said like with the receiving and all that kind of stuff
2: personal personal goal yeah um, personal goal i want i want to go glove for sure i want to i want to win as many as i can and go gloves are are awesome obviously i want to you know win a silver slugger too you know obviously that um i think gold glove though is, is definitely the coolest thing personally but um Yeah, man. I want to, uh, I want uh, set a goal for myself. Listen, I want to mentally, I want to stay checked into what I figured out last year. And I think that if I do that, then I'll be put myself in a good position. I think that if I'm, if I'm sticking to the routine that I started doing and like these certain drills hitting, but also just remembering that I can own, try to own center and left side of the field and and, and go from there and kind of what I learned, uh, you know, mentally, then I think that that's that's a great start. And I'm obviously going to try to improve defensively as well with throwing and, and receiving and try to narrow up my stance a little bit to be more athletic. There's always you know, like I said, I try to always, you know, nitpick the crap out of myself. But, um, yeah, I want to win a go glove and and uh, possibly a silver slugger. And I just want to I want to just show that I can play, man
1: yeah and obviously like i said i was there for when you were raking and you could probably hear me on the field screaming that's my guy i'm just dialed in just with a dip in obviously just absolutely dialed in but and i actually forgot to ask you this because you obviously were alluding to robbie ray turning it around and the one guy that doesn't get nearly as much credit as he deserves is pete walker i had i wanted to bring this up because this guy legit like changes careers like he he should get a 10 percent 10% 10% on some of the contracts that this guy made <laughs> with guys. But what's Pete Walker like as a coach? Like what makes him so good with the Toronto Blue Jays? Because you saw what he did with Robbie Ray, man. I mean, it's insane.
2: Yeah, dude, Pete, Pete's the kind of guy where, where people want to come, you know, to be coached by Pete. You know what I mean? Like he's he's one of the better in the league for sure. And he's got the reputation, man. And he's some, I work with him quite a bit. I always communicate with him. I always talk with him in the dugout um, all the time. I'm always talking with Pete about what, what we want to do kind of uh, with the game plan going in this next inning and uh, he's knowledgeable he's uh he's so personable and he's just you know if he needs uh, to let you know like kind of you know um, you know get in with you a little bit then he will and uh easy to work with um, but just an outstanding dude and and he's competitive as hell man so uh, he wants to win much as anybody you know
1: yeah well there you have it for blue Jays fans wondering I mean what Pete Walker is like what makes this guy tick i I feel like he was it's with a the fireball G- I feel like he was with the Jays when the Jays had the ugliest jerseys of all time. The, do you, uh, you obviously you didn't play in them, but did you ever get to see these Jays jerseys from like the 2012s when they, like they were just absolutely terrible? Is these light gray, these black? It just yeah, said Jays. Yeah. It's the ugliest jersey I've ever seen in my life. So I think he was there <laughs> for that. So he, Pete Walker is a grinder. But anyways, man. I mean, like you, like I said, Mister October, a guy when the lights shine the brightest, he puts teams in his back pocket. It's my guy, Jano, man. Thank you for doing this, brother. Obviously, I'm fired up to see what you do next year, and maybe, 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 maybe we'll do a jersey swap next year. We'll figure something out. We're in the official official brand. That's my guy right there. But thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate it, bro.
2: Anytime, man. Anytime. Neck tat, neck tat coming.
1: Well, I- honestly, I'll you? get a neck tat. I feel I have a chest tattoo of the Tor- of city in Toronto. I got when I was blackout drunk in las vegas so I, i'm down for anything i'm just i'm just right, like we'll I said, next to that, but i'll uh, do
2: it let's get let's get some, let's get something to everybody <laughs> this season huh? how about
1: it we'll see it thank you for listening to officially unofficial make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on itunes and follow us on twitter at a fish on a fish pod and on instagram at officially unofficial pod thank you